You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. Jimmy B and TC on the air with you here on a Thursday until 6 o'clock tonight. Trent Condon. All by myself in the studio. I got it all to myself today and tomorrow. Last week, of course, off because I was on vacation. I got two days off. I used it. Jimmy B took also those two days off because, well, we can't really have Jim Brinson in here by himself. He doesn't know how to do things. He doesn't know how to press a button to turn on his microphone. He can't do things alone. So he got Thursday and Friday off as I took my vacation for the summer. Then, Wednesday, now Tuesday, Jimmy B goes, you know, I might might need to be gone Thursday and Friday of this week. So three-day work week last week, three-day work week this week. Jimmy B, folks, the guy, well, there's a reason he's a legend, at least in his own mind. And the vacation the guy gets to take, he's got it made, no doubt. Yeah, just giving a little crap. That's all right, though, because today we got a power pack lineup for you. Coming up here in about 15 minutes or so, Seth Gruen is going to stop by from the Big Ten Unfiltered podcast. We're going to talk with him uh, about some Big Ten football. I'm going to play a little point-counterpoint with him. Everybody knows that Wisconsin is a favorite in the Big Ten West. And with Media Day happening in Chicago next week, we're certainly going to be talking a lot of Big Ten early next week. But who's second? Is it the home state Hawkeyes? A quarterback that's back in Nate Stanley that had a great sophomore campaign. As a true sophomore, a guy that battled for the job all the way into August a year ago. In his first year starting in the Iowa offense, he put up some very good numbers. Are there things to improve upon? Absolutely. You got defensive line, especially the defensive end position that looks very good. But then counterpoint. You lose three linebackers, including a guy that did everything for you in Josie Jewell. The interior of the defensive line still has questions. You lose Joshua Jackson, an All-American. You lose on the other side, Manny Ragumba. Didn't have a great season last year, but he's transferring away. How good's Matt Hankins? How good is Michael Ojemudia? Will those freshmen be able to come in there? New linebackers, questions in the interior of the defensive line at the tackle spots cornerback, the middle of the offensive line, Iowa wide receivers are the ghost of Marvin McNutt going to show up. The running game, now in new hands with Tord Young back there with Ivory Kelly Martin. The question marks are immense, and maybe the biggest question, putter, because well, punting is winning, according to some. The counterpoint to that, who else? Northwestern normally regresses. Clayton Thorson, what is he going to be? Minnesota, rowing the boat, P.J. Fleck. You wonder with Fleck, now the song and dance, if they don't see more positive signs here in year number two. Recruiting's been good, but they're still searching for a quarterback. They had a quarterback, they thought. He decides to go back to junior college and learn how to play defense. Nebraska, year number one is Scott Frost. Ah... That schedule's a bear. They'll be better. They have to be better on the defensive end of the field. I don't think there's any doubt about that. 
You're talking about a freshman quarterback. So who is number two? We'll play a little point-counterpoint with that coming up here with Seth Gruen. After that, it'll be time to talk baseball as, yes, folks, tonight we will get baseball back in our lives, and thank goodness for that as the Cubs and Cardinals will get the second half of the schedule. And I know it is not game 82 making it the second half of the schedule. I know the teams are 95-ish games into it, but I'm calling it the second half and get off my case if you got a problem with that. But Carlos Martinez, who, as inconsistent as you can find, got off to that hot start, then floundered a little bit, then had the oblique injury, came back. It's been completely uneven for him. And on the other side, Kyle Hendricks. And Kyle Hendricks come to this, an ERA approaching four. It has not been the same professor that we had grown accustomed to with the Cubs on the north side of Chicago. Fun start to the, the schedule here. I really do like what they did. The standalone game, it'll be right after we get off the air. In fact, 6.05 with the first pitch in that one. But to get this started, and maybe next year it's Yankees-Red Sox, and the year after you do Giants-Dodgers. Make it, make it a rivalry game. Make it a rivalry game that is important. No, not Tampa-Miami, right? Not a game like that but a real true rivalry, and that's what we get. Smart work out of Major League Baseball. Looking forward to that before the schedule really gets going then with everybody back tomorrow. Minnesota will be down in Kansas City on the local level. You got Mets-Yankees going on over the weekend. few others here of uh, local interest. The Dodgers will be going in to Milwaukee to take on the Brewers who stubbed their toe with losers of six straight, Oakland-San Francisco. They're back at it after uh, I got to see that series last weekend in San Fran. They'll switch to the other side of the bay and go to Oakland. And the White Sox, well, they are in Seattle. If you're staying up to watch that, you're a better man than me. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, Zubin Mahente, he's going to be here. We'll talk with Zubin. Espy's last night, we'll get into that with him a little bit. We'll talk some NBA. I know he's excited to talk about Kawhi Leonard, and we'll see whatever pops up. Always a fun conversation with Zubin Mahente of ESPN and Ken Silverstein also later on in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, uh, last night, really enjoyed myself as I uh, had an opportunity to go and to call another high school baseball game. The state tournament, the brackets are out. I'll get to those here in just a moment. But went down to Indianola, and what a great setting for baseball they have there. The baseball field is in a little bit of a kind of almost a valley. There's a little hill that surrounds all the way around. People packed into the place, brought their lawn chairs, and if you couldn't find seats in the stands and and there wasn't a whole lot of room there, no doubt. Tons of people, though, hundreds and hundreds of people up the, the right and left field line watching the ball game. Saw a great performance. Duncan Davitt, the pitcher for Indianola, that came into the game. Folks, he had 125 strikeouts this year, and his ERA was 0.21. 0.21. Had given up two earned runs all season long, but Valley got to him, came up with the big hit a two-run homer, and send them to the state tournament. And we're looking to provide you full coverage next week of the state baseball tournament. In fact, it gets started tomorrow as Martinsdale St. Mary's will be involved, our neighbors to the south. They get Council Bluff St. Albert at 1.30. Before that, the number one seed, Mason City Newman, back again against Tri-Center Neola. And uh, those will be the games tomorrow. Then on Saturday, two more games before we get to Class 2A. 
We'll see Van Meter back in the tournament again. They're the number four seed against Altarilia. That'll be a 131st pitch on Monday. Then on Tuesday, two local teams get in. No surprise, Carlisle back to the state tournament. They get the number three seed in Waverly Shellrock in the opening round. That will be Tuesday at 5 o'clock. We will be looking to bring you play-by-play of that game if everything goes according to plan. Again, Carlisle, 5 o'clock on Tuesday. That will be uh, the beginning of our play-by-play coverage. Bondurant Ferrar, though, what a story. The Blue Jays, they came in with a losing record to district play. Here they are at the state tournament, and, well, now they have a behemoth in front of them. Davenport Assumption, good baseball program, year in and year out. Seemingly each and every year, they're at the state tournament. That's who the Blue Jays get in the opening round. And then on Wednesday is the big one. Starting at 11 a.m., it'll be the Valley Tigers, who I saw last night against Waukee. Two teams that know each other well. They're in the same division in the CIML. Four times this season they faced off. Valley got them all four times this season. The top seed right after that, Johnston, the defending champions in Class 4A. They get Cedar Rapids, Washington, who pulled a big upset themselves last night. Johnston at 1.30 on Wednesday afternoon. And then the nightcap at 7.30, it'll be the Jayhawks from Urbandale against Marshalltown, another all-CIML matchup in the quarterfinal round. Continued coverage here on 1700. It's presented by Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop on by after the flooding. I'm sure a lot of people saw the video. I was talking with Greg over there at Bennigan's earlier today. They had to uh, close things down and get cleaned up after... Uh, for about a week, but they're back up and running. Stop by Bennigan's. Give them a big thank you for supporting high school sports, supporting the youngsters in our community and helping us bring these games to the airwaves. We have to pay a rights fee for each and every game at the state tournament. And Bennigan's, along with Brick Gentry, PC, and Rush Niggett, help provide the coverage here on 1700, our presenting sponsors all season long of high school baseball. And we got a whole lot more coming up for the state tournament Really looking forward to that. With that, i got to take a break. Coming back, I'm going to talk with Seth Gruen. we got Big Ten football. we got some baseball to talk about. A little bit of everything. We'll do it next. Seth Gruen is going to join us solo today. Coming up on the other side with Seth Gruen on 1700. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu. Made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. Bennigan's is a proud sponsor of high school baseball on 1700. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Sponsored by Jersey Mike Subs. The sub above difference is daily. Not shredded last night or baked yesterday afternoon. Good ingredients prepped fresh every day. Because that's what daily means. Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations. We overpromise and underdeliver, Or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. 
I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian roofer roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. It's easy to change a room with new carpet. It's even easier with new carpet financing from The Home Depot. With up to 24 months financing on special order installed carpet with your Home Depot consumer credit card. National Weather Service in Des Moines has issued a tornado warning for East Central Marion County in South Central Iowa, West Central Mahaska County in South Central Iowa, until 4.45 p.m. At 4.13 p.m., a tornado was observed one mile east of Tala, moving southeast at 25 miles per hour. Expected hazards included a damaging tornado. Tornadic debris has been confirmed by radar. The following impacts are expected. Flying debris will be dangerous to those caught without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed. Damage to roofs, windows, and vehicles will occur. Tree damage is likely. This tornadic thunderstorm will remain over mainly rural areas of East Central Marion and West Central Mahaska counties, including the following locations, Layton. To repeat, a tornado is on the ground. Take cover now. Move to a basement or an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. Avoid windows. If you are outdoors, in a mobile home, or in a vehicle, move to the closest substantial shelter and protect yourself from flying debris. Repeating, a tornado warning has been issued until 4.45 p.m. for the following counties, in Iowa, Mahaska and Marion. to nutritional therapy. New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. The TNT Football Camp is back in Central Iowa. Join myself, Tavian Banks. Tavian Banks on the second play from scrimmage. Inside the 20, forget about it. Touchdown, Iowa. Along with Tim Dwight. July 27th and 28th at Valley High School for the TNT football camp. Players ages 7 through 14 will experience football fundamentals taught by the best high school coaches in the Midwest. Find more information at tntcamps.com. Since 1980, Christopher's Gold and Rare Coins has been Central Iowa's trusted local source for precious metals, rare coins, currency, and estate jewelry. Christopher's can help you invest in gold or silver and start or sell a coin collection. 
If you're looking for top value on family heirlooms, diamond and precious gem jewelry, or luxury watches, Christopher's trained staff will provide the information you need to sell with confidence. Christopher's Gold and Rare Coins, south of Douglas on Merle Hay Road or at Christopher'sRareCoins.com. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. It is a good day. Jimmy B and TC continues on here until 6 o'clock this evening on 1700 KBGG. Coming up right now, we're going to talk some Big Ten football, a little baseball. Well, and maybe one of my favorite things to talk about. That's gambling. Seth Gruen, who joins us. You can find his work, the Big Ten Unfiltered Podcast, joining us here today, fresh off a trip to Vegas. Well, you're talking to me, so apparently you weren't a big winner, Seth. <laughs> I guess not. I had a good early few days, and then uh, Saturday kind of killed me at the table. But uh, I'll be back nonetheless. So. Live, All is good. Live and learn. All right, so... So give us your best gambling story of the week out there. What do you have for us? I don't know. I tell you, I, I, I played a new game called Ultimate Texas Holding, which I really, really like. Um, you bet a number of different things. It's kind of cool. It's, it's, it's somewhat mindless. But, uh, you know, it rivals blackjack in my mind now. Put a little that, put a little crap table. So, uh, you know, kind of went around the world in the casino. Nothing wrong with that. Well, the odds continue to be out there looking at the futures market. I saw an offshore book had odds for the divisions in the Big Ten this year. No surprise in the Big Ten West, it was Wisconsin, a big favorite. I want to say something like minus 240 you had to lay for the Badgers to play in the Big Ten championship game. I was surprised, though, at the number two choice. There were two of them but also the price that was affiliated with them. Nebraska and Iowa were both listed as the second choice. I was surprised by the Cornhuskers being up there. But then the price, Iowa at 10-1, to also Nebraska 10-1. to Hey, light your money on fire. The Cornhuskers are not going to do that with that schedule this year. But Iowa 10-1, to I feel like pretty good value. How about you? Yeah, I think there's good value there. I just think you also have to look at where they ultimately play Wisconsin in the schedule, and I think it's too early in the year where you wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity to hedge. And even if Iowa went out and beat Wisconsin, do you have confidence that they could run the table the rest of the way? I, I, I don't know. I don't know that they're a strong enough team that, that can be their sure thing to beat a Northwestern or some of the other teams in the West. Do I consider right now Iowa to be that second-best team? Yes. But I think that that number is probably more reflection of when they play Wisconsin than the idea that they're that second best team. Because I think if they had played Wisconsin later, which would have given people some opportunity to hedge, you would have probably not seen as good of odds, in my opinion. On the other side, Ohio State, they're the favorite, but it's so tight. It's Penn State, Trace McSorley back. Michigan State with, what, 19 starters back this year. And Michigan with a great defense and now maybe a quarterback to go along with it. Do you still like the Buckeyes that much more, or is this pretty tight in your mind of the East? Um, I do. Um, I, I, I have a tough time picking against Ohio State, and I think when you look at all the offensive weapons they're coming back, running back, they're going to be pretty formidable. And, and I know they obviously have a quarterback change. They keep their 
great there. Uh, but that, that program reloads. And, you know, they don't recruit guys to be backups. Dwayne Haskins Jr. is a bona fide Division One starter and a guy with a good to win a national championship. So uh, I think Michigan State, even though they're very good and it's going to be even better than they were last year, he's going to have a tough time beating Ohio State. Michigan State, in my mind, is that second best team. Seth, uh, I wanted to play some some point counterpoint. So I'm going to leave this up to you, mm-hmm. and we're going to go back to the West here. I think we can all agree Wisconsin, they're the favorite. It would be, you can say, a, a surprise, a mild surprise, or a big surprise if they're not playing in Indianapolis the first Saturday in December. And your squad, your alma mater, Illinois, they're the worst. Can we agree there? Yes, I would agree. All right. I'm going to leave it to you. Count po- counterpoint for the other five teams, Nebraska, Northwestern, Minnesota, Purdue, and Iowa, why they'll finish second or while they'll finish sixth in the division. Let's start with the Cornhuskers. Take whatever side you want, and I'll go the opposite way, at least try to, the best of my ability. The Cornhuskers, oh. are you picking them to be second in the division or sixth in the division? This is interesting. I'll, I'll pick them to be six because I think they're going to rely on a lot of freshmen, a lot of guys that Scott Frost wants to integrate into that program. He kind of have a clean slate with the players he inherited from Mike Riley. He's not going to be as prone to play because I don't think there's a future with those guys. But if he gets more freshmen on the field, uh, gets them used to his system, and brings that in them from day one on campus, and, and, and doing it with live bullets, uh, things could look pretty good. Nebraska come that freshman class in junior and senior years. But uh, with that said, I think, you know, you talked about Illinois just a few moments ago. You, you can't win in the Big Ten playing an overwhelming number of freshmen. So uh, for that reason, uh, I'll go with Nebraska as the team that's going to finish sixth uh, behind an Illinois squad that will be more experienced than them next year, even though they have uh, the fewest number of uh, scholarship junior and senior players on their roster All in right. the country. Counterpoint. Here it is. And, and this is difficult for me, as you know, Seth. But here you go. This is why the Cornhuskers are the second-best team in the division. <laughs> Scott Frost walks on water. They made a comic book out of him. And you know what? They're going to have to write a sequel because this guy is unbelievable. He's already won a, a national championship. Yes, it's self-proclaimed, but he's taken home a national championship and now he's taking over the great bread. He's got a defensive coordinator that knows what he's doing because he was a Hawkeye and Eric Shenander. He helped turn around defenses before. They were so bad last year, they can't be anything than better. And Adrian Martinez is going to be a freshman phenom. He's going to take that starting gang and run with it. They're going to be putting piles of points up. The defense is back being physical. The black shirts will return, and Nebraska <laughs> is the second-best team. And now I need to go take a shower because I feel dirty. I agree with you on Adrian Martinez there. Um, I think he's really uh, going to end up being the prize of that class. And he is really in the mold of what Scott Frost wants a quarterback to be, and I know that he was injured his senior year of high school, but I still think he's going to come back and be really, really solid. All right, up next in point counterpoint, Northwestern. The Wildcats will be the second-best team in the division or the sixth-best team in the division? This is a tie, but I'm going to argue that they'll be the second-best team just because, you know, quarterback's not that big a deal, right? I mean, yeah, you lose Clayton Thorson, who, you know, in, in some minds is a first-round NFL draft pick, but hey, maybe you get him back in the middle of the season and you're able to make a run. 
um, and be a little bit of a nuisance to Wisconsin. They have enough coming back on that side of the football that they're going to be formidable. Um, so I will go with Northwestern as the second. All right. I will go on the other side. And Northwestern, well, twice in the last decade, the Wildcats have won double-digit games before last season. Both times they fouled it up with an absolute clunker. 2013, whole lot of momentum. Here they come. They don't even get to a bowl game. They did in 2015. They followed that up with the 7-6 and six year. Same thing happens here. Those close victories that they had a year ago, the 50-50 games don't fall in their favor. Clayton Thorson is neither healthy, and they all of a sudden are looking up and sitting at 6-6 six and six in the end of the regular season and looking up at everybody. Well, except against their, uh, their brethren there in the state of Illinois. But again, back to your Illini. I love doing that to you. Hey, yeah. someday you'll be able to throw it back at me. So someday, I know. Okay. maybe not in the maybe very near future. <laughs> we go north, and we row the bow up the Mississippi to Minnesota, where the Gophers are a 14-1 to uh, pick to win the Big Ten West. The Gophers, who do you got? Second best team in the division or sixth best team in the West? I'll go six-best. I just don't think that they necessarily have the horses that the Iowas do, that even Nebraska does. Uh, I know people are still drunk on, on the P.J. Black Kool-Aid, but I still think this program has a few years before it's able to compete. Don't forget, he doesn't have a ton of recruits in there, and I think you're looking at uh, a situation similar to Scott Frost when he's got to get guys on the same page with him in terms of his system get those old players out of there, the ones he inherited before they can really compete. Oh, boy. This, this might even be more difficult for me than it is with Nebraska, but here we go. All right. We saw improvement out of the fighting flexors. They're going to be better defensively this year, and they can't be much worse offensively. Uh, the passing game went through struggles last year. I know the guy that many people anticipated was going to be the quarterback he decided to go back to junior college and decide, you know what, I'm going to try to play defense instead. But they bring in a kid, though, didn't have a lot of offers, and Zach Anikstead, who was down the starting quarterback at the IMG Academy. If you don't know what that is, we're talking about high, high-level prospect coming in there. Good size. He is going to take that job and run with it. He's going to be solid, good enough. The running game will be able to get going. I like the offensive line. I like what they have at the tackle position improvements offensively, and much like we see with Iowa or Northwestern. When those teams jump up, they win the close games. The same things happen here with the Gophers this year, and they become the second-best team in the Big Ten West. Did I sell you at all? Not really. Not really. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. It's a tough argument. It's a tough argument. Yeah. That, that was the more difficult one that I've had. How about Purdue? Purdue the second-best or the sixth-best team in the West? Well, this is a tough one, too. I think they ride momentum last season, and they're, they're the second-best team in the West. I could easily see them upsetting Wisconsin. We saw them play Michigan tough. Uh, obviously, what they're doing there, they seem to be uh, back to the glory. They seem to be heading back to the glory years of, of Drew Brees. Uh, you like what they have offensively. Obviously, there's an injuries last year that hurt them a little bit. But uh, that's another team that I think is going to be able to put some points on the board. So a lot of people are buying Purdue. This is why I'm selling, and this isn't even just because we're playing this game here, Seth. It's because I believe last year 
what you saw out of the team. Everybody thinks about Jeff Brom and, and a guy that can light it up on the scoreboard, a quarterback and a quarterback guru. He's going to be a guy that'll do this at Purdue. I like what they have at the quarterback position. Sindelar, Blau, whoever you like more, regardless of that, they'll be fine offensively. But really, for the most part, that hasn't been the problem. The reason why Purdue got to bowl eligibility a year ago was because of what they did on the defensive side of the ball. And they lose almost everybody. I think there's going to be a big step back on that football side, on the side of the football. I think Purdue is going to struggle defensively this year. That's why I think they're closer to six, certainly in this division, than they are second. I think you have me convinced. What's that? I think you have me convinced. I want to see it up for you. But I mean, I think that is a team that could improve offensively for sure. Uh, what you alluded to on the defensive side of the ball certainly holds true. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, I, I still think it's a program on the up and up. Yeah, and, and I'd be buying stock in the future that, that they can get to a level of sustainability where, you know, they're fighting for bowl eligibility every year and then every four or five years maybe make a run at a division crown. I can buy that. I just think there might be a little bit of regression there. And the other thing, they have so many 50-50 games. You know, the Northwestern game to begin the season on Thursday night, we're all looking forward to that. They play in the non-conference, both Missouri and Boston College, though they're both at home. Either of those games certainly could go the either way. And you get into conference play, and you got Nebraska on the road, Michigan State on the road. You go to Minnesota and Indiana, all of similar stature. Your home games, though, where you normally expect to get wins, well, they're against Ohio State and Iowa, and Wisconsin, that's why it might be tough for the Boilermakers this year, but uh, we will have to see on that one. Before we run out of time, though, Seth, we have to do the home state team. The Iowa Hawkeyes. Why is Iowa the second-best team in the conference or the sixth-best team in the Big Ten West? Look, I, I believe that Iowa, when all of a sudden, and family may have the best quarterback that's ever gone through that program. In the first plans there, I think we've talked about it on the podcast and the show. They're looking to open things up offensively. Mm-hmm. That offense last year already looked more vertical. Mitch Stanley threw for five touchdowns on two separate occasions, tying the career record in Iowa. So that shows you how little they've passed the ball in previous years. But I think their ability to put points up on the board is going to make them competitive each and every time they take the field. And how that differs and the past is that when Iowa got down double digits, you, you, you pretty much put the nail, last nail on the coffin uh, and wrote them off that week. But this is a team that has the ability to come back, and even when their defense is playing well, can certainly uh, remain competitive in a football game. So, and, and I truly believe this is the second-best team in the division. All right, counterpoint. Here we go. Nate Stanley, though you look at the touchdown-to-interception ratio last year, that is good. The rest of the numbers aren't great. In fact, Alex Hornibrook with 15 interceptions had a better quarterback rating than Nate Stanley did a year ago. He only completed 55% of his passes. That continues this year. The wide receiver crew doesn't take a step forward. The interior of the offensive line, you think offensive line strength for Iowa. There are huge question marks there. And then you go defensively. You know, last year they had linebackers that were making plays all over the place. Josie Jewell in the middle of that. Well, now... Not only do you have to replace all those guys, defensive tackle, I think, is a huge question mark. Cedric Lattimore played a lot of snaps last year, a ton of snaps, as a starter defensive tackle. He had 15 tackles all season long. Not tackles for a loss, tackles, period. 
If he doesn't become a playmaker, you're in trouble inside. You're in trouble at the linebacker spot. You're replacing an All-American at the cornerback spot. Iowa, closer to six in the Big Ten. Did I sell you there? No. No, not at all. No, you did not. (laughs) Seth, it's the Big Ten Unfiltered Podcast. Last uh, 20 seconds here or so. Tell us what you have coming up talking Big Ten football. Yeah, just kind of excited for media days and and, and breaking that down. And and I think making some predictions, which is always fun. Awesome stuff. We will talk soon. Enjoy the Big Ten media days. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thanks. Seth Gruen joining us. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Seth Gruen, as we talk some Big Ten football. Boy, it made me feel a little bit dirty having to try to come up with an argument for the Gophers and the Cornhuskers to finish second. Woof, that was rough. Coming back, talking baseball with Mike Bates from SB Nation. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Summer is here, and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experience working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online wolfconstruction.net Look for a few scattered showers and thunderstorms mainly north of the metro tonight. It'll be mostly clear to the south, a low near 68. Partly cloudy, breezy, and nice for your Friday. High temperature in the metro near 85. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. Sponsored by Think About Your Eyes. Seeing is a gift that needs protecting with yearly eye exams. Find a doctor near you at thinkaboutyoureyes.com and make an appointment today. By the time that we got up there, his room was filled with smoke. The wind had blown and drifted the snow up against the side of my house, blocking the exhaust from my furnace. I heard the smoke alarm going off in my friend's apartment. Without the kid's smoke alarm, my son would not be here today. Had it not been for that carbon monoxide detector, they would come to school and not have their teacher there. I grabbed my fire extinguisher and put out the fire. Kinemakes technology that saves lives. Get these essential products at Menards. Hi, Tom Baudet with a word on fusion cuisine, where you mix one country's food with another one. I always call that stew, but whatever gets you to dessert. But whether you like a French vigissoise with Thai chili oil, or you're more into the fusion of American burger and French fry, you'll save more for that meal at Motel 6. It's an intriguing mix of clean, comfortable, and low prices, or as we fusionistas call it, Colo. I'm Tom Baudet from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Terrace Hills Golf Course is home to the four-and-a-half-hour guarantee. Are you tired of playing golf courses that don't care about speed of play? Then make a tee time at the beautiful Terrace Hills Golf Course weekdays before 2 p.m. and weekends and holidays before noon, and they guarantee you'll complete your 18-hole round of golf in four-and-a-half hours or less, or your next green fee is free. Terrace Hills Golf Course. Make your tee time now by calling 515-967-2932 for Terrace Hills Golf Course in Altoona. 
Sponsored by Account Temps. Demand for top talent is at an all-time high. Account Temps can help you find highly skilled temporary accounting and finance professionals who fit your needs and hit the ground running. Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. Why wait, don't hesitate. Come on, let's get away. Being in Des Moines, you just get it through the experience. I'm a fan of a lot of our fast, casual cuisine. I love the theater and the shopping. My kids love to go to the parks. There's a lot going on musically. If you can't find things to do in Des Moines, you must be boring. This is a magical place. Don't miss out. Visit CatchDesMoines.com and plan your getaway to Greater Des Moines. Catch what you've been missing. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. Welcome back as we continue on. Jimmy B and TC, Trent Condon, a solo edition here this afternoon, today, and tomorrow as Jimmy B taking a little time away from that busy, busy schedule the old man has. But you got me today, and luckily for you, you got some great guests lined up, including Mike Bates from SB Nation and uh, talking a little baseball with him. Mike, what's happening? Oh, not much, man. How are you? Doing well, and uh, enjoyed a, a little bit of a respite, but after I got home last night and uh, was calling a high school baseball game, flipping around and there weren't any options. You're, I'm used no, to no baseball, no baseball. nothing. No, it was, it was uh, replay of the ESPYS was about it, or replays of college football from last year, and well, uh, a night reading, which is sometimes a good thing too. Nothing wrong with well, that. Well, you know, I, I love the All Star game and 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 break and whatnot, but the 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 two days afterwards are just they're torture. Mm-hmm. It's there's, you know there's nothing to do. There isn't, and uh, well, we do get a break from that tonight as we do get the Cubs and the Cardinals this evening. Good move by baseball, and this is something you see kind of continuing. Put one single game here in this spot and kind of give it the spotlight, if you will. A rivalry game, maybe you'll see Red Sox, Yankees at some point, Giants, Dodgers, something like that. Where Hey, if you're jonesing for baseball, you can get it here this night. Probably better than than going out and maybe putting a White Sox-Royals game on. No, no that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, baseball uh, struggles to, to market itself sometimes. Uh, but, you know, really providing a showcase uh, for some of its teams and for some of its young and dynamic players, 
Um, in particular, the, the Cubs uh, have a lot of uh, really likable uh, kids, even though you know we're, we're pretty familiar with the Cubs at this point. And these are two uh, rabid fan bases. You know, I don't know that it does a lot to introduce um, the, the rest of us to, to teams, but, uh, you know, nobody's going to get to see Mike Trout uh, during one of these games. But, uh, you know, anything baseball can do to, to start to market its, its young stars is, is really important. So we'll see Wilson Contreras and we'll see uh, Chris Bryant. And, uh, you know, that, those, are, those are great guys for baseball to put out front like that. Speaking of Mike Trout, uh, there was uh, a little uh, repartee, I guess, between Rob Manfred, who came out and said that Mike Trout, you know, needs to do a little bit more, basically. And then uh, the response from the Angels and Mike Trout, he just says he wants to go out there and play baseball. A fair criticism of Trout? No, you know, I, I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's an accurate one in that he, if he wants to be better known or if he wants to help baseball uh promote baseball a little more um he could do do more in terms of endorsements and in terms of making himself visible uh but he doesn't seem to be a guy who's who's really comfortable with that spotlight and i don't think it uh i don't think he should have to uh be in it if if that's not something he's comfortable with uh he is the the best player in major league baseball right now and he's one of the best players in baseball history uh we're essentially we're getting to watch uh, Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle um, in front of us uh, right now, um, and and you know maybe that's on us for not paying close enough attention. Um, but you know I'm 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 happy if he's happy. Yes, it's a good thing for baseball. Let's get into the Midwest scene. We mentioned tonight we got Cubs and Cardinals, which is certainly a good way to get the second half started and a collapse at the end of the first half as the Brewers go down, losing six consecutive. And seemingly in every fashion possible in that series against the Pirates to wrap things up last weekend. The Cubs were the big favorite coming in, even as the Brewers held the lead. I think most people felt that the Cubs were going to win this division. Do they run away with it? Uh, I do. I think that they're going to. Uh, they are. I mean, they are the team that we've come to know over the last few years. They are still young. They're incredibly versatile. They've got. Uh, multi-position, uh, productive players like, uh, like Hap and like, uh, Zobrist, who they can move around and fill in gaps, um, when, when guys like Baez or Bryant or, um, Elmora or, or whomever need, need a break. Um, they are, you know, they're, they're just well positioned. They still need some pitching, I think. Uh, and I do think they'll, they'll go out and maybe try to acquire J.A. Hap. Uh, at the trade deadline here, um, but the, their their farm system is not what it was. Um, they've made big deals at the deadline the last couple of years, and uh, and and I think that it, it will be harder for them to acquire a front line player. Um, but I do think they'll manage to to at least get some kind of um, support for that rotation because uh, it needs it right now. Cubs uh, appear to be in really good shape uh, out west. The Dodgers, same kind of boat, the Manny Machado news that uh, we'd been waiting for all throughout the day yesterday, finally came through. Dodgers, a clear-cut favorite in your mind in the west? Absolutely. You know, they're uh, they're about 80% right now to make the playoffs, uh, according to the latest uh, playoff odds that I've seen. They, like the Cubs, they're extremely deep and flexible, um, and Machado just <laughs> gives them 
another tool. Um, you know, and I don't think they paid too much uh, for him either. He's a rental in terms of, like, he's only going to be there through the end of this season, but he's an exceptionally productive player. He's on a Hall of Fame track, and, uh, you know, I think he's going to make a, a, a big difference for them uh, playing both shortstop and third base uh, down the stretch here. You know, uh, the East is interesting at the very least. The Home Run Derby on Monday night. Now, I I know this is a crazy thought, a crazy theory, but in a season that seemingly for the Nationals has just been frustrating, a lot of frustrations have built up throughout the time. We've seen angry Bryce Harper. A moment like that. I know it's an exhibition. I know it's a Home Run Derby. It's silly, but could that really be something that maybe galvanizes this team and and they do play like the team we expected here in the back half? Well, you know, I, I don't know whether that's going to be a, a galvanizing moment. I think it was great to see. I think Brian Harper gets a bad reputation uh, around the game that's somewhat undeserved. Everything I've seen from him as a player uh, has been really positive. He hustles. He uh, works really hard in the community, and I think those are really laudable things. It, it's not his fault. He's just exceptionally talented. Uh or maybe it is because he practices really hard. But, uh, you know, he, uh, but I do think that there's an opportunity here um, for Washington to turn it around in the second half. They do have amazing frontline talent, and they are getting to a point where, I mean, you know, Harper is going to be a free agent, and this is going to be, you know, their moment to, to do something before, uh, before their window closes. I think they will. Uh, find ways to provide Harper with additional support and, and guys like Scherzer making sure that they're, they're strong for a stretch run. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Phillies or the Braves and their staying power. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think the, the, uh, of the two, I still feel more confident in the Phillies than I, than I do the Braves. How about you? Uh, no, actually, I'm completely the opposite. Okay. Um, I, I think the Phillies, you know, they're, yeah, they just don't have a lot of offense. Uh, their pitching is, is somewhat questionable uh, behind NOLA. Um, they're already four games above their, their Pythagorean record. I, you know, I think the Braves have a strong foundation. Um, they have excellent, excellent young players. Um, and, uh, you know, they need bullpen help. But I, I do think that they're, they're better positioned than the Phillies and probably better led than the Phillies. Um, to kind of make a run here in the second half. And I do think the Phillies, if, if I'm a betting person, I, I, I would predict they're going to fall off a little bit. Well, I am a betting person, and maybe I'll have to take you <laughs> that into consideration here in the back half of things. We're talking right now with Mike Bates, talking uh, Major League Baseball. The American League, uh, pretty clear-cut outside of the possibility of Oakland running down Seattle. You mentioned the uh, Pagorean theory and, and as it pertains to the win totals that are out there in the projections. If you look at that, Oakland can run down Seattle, but games aren't played in uh, computers. They're played on TV screens. No, that's absolutely true. But, uh, you know, the Mariners are, <laughs> they're, they're, they're no sure thing either. They need outfield help. They need second base help. Uh, their pitching is a mess, and they have a lot of injury issues. Uh, Cano is going to come back at some point here in the second half. I forget exactly how many more games that he's going to be out for his uh, his steroid suspension. Uh, but and that's going to be a, a big help to them as they push for 
probably the second wild card spot. But I, I'm I'm really impressed with with these A's and the team that uh, Billy Bean has put together. You know, once every three or three years or so, he really puts together a strong roster that kind of comes out of nowhere and, and makes a major push. And I think that's this team. Uh, they have some good young players and guys like Matt Olson and Marcus Semien. Uh, Jed Lowry is, is playing out of his mind right now. You know, I, I do think that they have uh, a couple of holes that, um, you know, are, are big weaknesses for them. Uh, but this pitching staff is underrated for them. And uh, this off- their offense is, is also underrated because of their ballpark. Uh, which suppresses offense. Uh, you know, I think the A's should really just go for it. Uh, again, they, they have these narrow windows that they shoot for, and this is one of them. So it would be really fun to see them uh, push, push some chips into the middle. You know, uh, well, another part of that is there's so many teams that are going to be considering themselves sellers at the deadline. And one of them, yeah. selfishly, will finish up with our team, the Minnesota Twins. Mike, uh, Seemingly everything that could go wrong did. I mean, Murphy's Law certainly applies, I think, to this squad this season. Byron Buxton down on the farm. Sano got sent all the way down to single A. As uh, you go through things, people say, well, you sell it off and, and build up the farm system even more. Do they have many pieces, though, that people are going to want? Well, I think they do. Uh, Brian Dozier is uh, definitely uh, somebody who's been mentioned in rumors uh, clubs like the Brewers, who, who definitely need middle infield help. Uh, Lance Lynn, uh, you know, he's he's struggled a lot this season, but uh, he has a track record that I think teams are going to look at and, and see that he can, uh, if he's healthy, be a, a productive starter in the second half. Um, and, and Eduardo Escobar is a multi-position uh, player who's really productive, um, and I think that, that, that he also is... is has the ability to bring back real prospects. But the, the question is whether it's going to be worth it for the Twins to trade a guy like Dozier or a guy like Escobar when they can give them the qualifying offer and essentially get a first-round pick for them after the season. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that uh, if anybody is going to trade for, for Dozier or Escobar, they're going to need to come through with a, a real offer. And one guy we haven't even talked about is Fernando Rodney. You know, relief pitching is at a premium right now. He's over 40, so he's not going to cost as much as somebody like Brad Hand, who got traded earlier today. Uh, but he's, he's still legit and uh, can be a, a real weapon for uh, a club who's, uh, who's looking to solidify their bullpen for the stretch run and for the playoffs. Mike, it's uh, it's been a frustrating year. They played better down the stretch. They uh, took three out of four against Tampa. Nine and two home stand to finish things up. Still at seven and a half back. It would still take not an epic collapse, but Cleveland would even play have to play worse than they did over the first ninety five games for the Twins to catch them. Are you holding out hope though? I'm not really holding okay. out hope. Okay. I mean, the the American League it has four playoff locks already, seemingly. Um, Cleveland, New York, Boston, and uh, and da, 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 Houston are all over 98% to make the playoffs at this point. So really, it comes down to there's one wild card spot available for the Mariners, A's, uh, Angels, and Rays, uh, and I suppose the Twins. But <laughs> I really don't have any hope that they, they can pass all those teams. Uh, and and if, if 
you know, even if they were to kind of go on a run here, um, you know, the, the, the question is whether it's, it's worth it to sell out for a, a second wild card spot at this point. Um, or the like, the even the remote possibility that you could earn a, a second wild card spot at this point, and I just don't really think the Twins are there. Um, better to to look at what they have and reload for for, for next year, um, and uh, you know move some of the veterans that they can they can get value for. Good stuff, hey Mike. As always, great catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll do it again soon. All right, I'll talk to you later, Trent. That's Mike Bates checking in, SB Nation on baseball with MLB Daily Dish. We'll take a timeout, coming back on the other side, and kicking off the 5 o'clock hour, we go to Bristol, Connecticut. Well, I don't, but we make the phone call there. Zuba Mahente from ESPN. He'll be up next here as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. It's Jimmy B and TC.